Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the most deranged, causing, brain-twisting, messing-with-your-mind podcast of all time. Speaking of which, I happen to have one of the most notorious mind-melder, messing-with-people's-heads people in the history of mankind, my co-host, Mr. Everett Farnell. Fuck him, Steve. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck all of them. <laughs> you know, Everett, you used to be a sane person. I used to, like, read your stuff and watch it. I used to respect you, and you won awards, and, and now you're just, like, off the deep end. Fuck them. <laughs> your vocabulary has also uh, gotten quite a bit smaller in your old age. <laughs> All right, as usual, we have some fun, but clearly we are alluding to the one and only Bobby De Niro, or as he's known officially in movies by Robert De Niro, but this guy, what a total disastrous mess. His brain has turned to a puddle of jello, disastrous mess. I mean, if I was a, some kind of a brain surgeon took an x-ray, I'd hate to even look at that thing. He must, like, take, take an x-ray of his brain and just see jello. Like, what has gone on with this guy's brain? And it's all the cause of one man, Donald Trump, who is simultaneously having the same effect on I don't know how many people, but Trump some Paul. of which, like De Niro, are, are in the public eye about it, and it is just phenomenally amazing to watch that otherwise you thought sane, intelligent people are allowing their entire life to be a mess. I mean, Robert De Niro is the same age as Trump, so he's like 70 years old, which means he's been deranged for about three years now. And he's choosing to be arranged for the next six. And so who makes that decision? I mean, when I get to be 68 years old, I'm not going to say for the next eight, nine, ten years, I'm going to choose to have my brain be a pile of mush. And then hopefully I'll pick it up again. It's amazing, Everett, how people have allowed themselves to go absolutely crazy by being twisted around Donald Trump's finger. And that's the deal. I see what, what these guys don't realize, or maybe they do realize it and don't care, is that he's doing that on purpose, right? I, I mean, that's just not a mistake. He's not accidentally upsetting people. He's not accidentally making people furious. He's taking people who would never vote for him and who loved him, by the way, before he ran for president, but would never vote for him in a million years. And he's making them, he's driving them, to, to put it politely, to counterbalance my, uh, my previous language. He's driving them back guano crazy. I mean, they're just out of their minds. They can't stand it. Yeah, but they don't, I don't, they, I'm pretty sure they don't think so. I think they think it's their choice of how to respond. I think they really think that they are rationally choosing to respond this way. And if they just looked at it from the outside, like you said, and that's pretty much the lesson learned from business owners. There's two lessons here, one in each direction. For one thing, you've got to protect your own sanity and your own brain and not allow yourself to be driven off the deep end, no matter what happens with a customer situation, a vendor, the media, a regulatory agency, a competitor, no matter what's happening. An employee, I mean, you can't allow yourself to have your brain turn to mush and go off the deep end about it. Yeah, absolutely. You can't allow anger to control you. There is a place, a time and a place to have your values make decisions that might not be profitable. Not on a regular basis because your business is about profit. But if you really feel like you're violating your values, then you don't want to do that because that hurts your self-image. 
However, well, and which is good for long-term business anyway. So that's good for long-term. The fact that you now promote and mention in your newsletter and on your blog or to anybody, you know, all the time, or you put a plaque up on the wall or something like, yeah, I stick to my values and here's a story of how I turned down what would have been a big sale because it didn't fit with the values of me and the company. That's good for long-term exactly. business. Exactly. I agree with you. So that's good for long-term stuff. That said, there's a difference between that and losing, you know, it, it allowing your emotion and allowing your emotional whim to control what you're doing in business. And you just can't do it. Business cannot be run based on emotional whim. It has to be run based on rational approach. Now, you use other people's emotions, right? So that's a good marketer is always using other people's emotions. They're always in and, and Well, that's the other side of the lesson learned from Donald Trump is that Donald Trump is causing his naysayers, his opponents, his competitors to lose their brains. Exactly. They're blowing up. They're losing their minds. Their heads are exploding, and it is hysterical to watch. Also counterproductive, going back to the first lesson, counterproductive. If you, which all business owners, especially if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you understand that your job is to be a persuader, to be in the business of persuasion. You've got to persuade employees to get their butts to work on time and do what they got to do. You've got to persuade prospects to become buyers. You've got to pers- persuade customers to buy more. On and on and on. You're persuading everybody. You've got to persuade vendors to give you the best deal. You've got to persuade the media to give you coverage. You've got to persuade all the time. So you see Donald Trump persuading in a way that you normally don't see people doing it. And I'm with you, Everett. I mean, I just because I, I don't know, but I, the people you see in the limelight doing this, the people in the media, other politicians, entertainers, public figures that are allowing themselves to just be completely deranged, I'd have to believe they're intelligent enough to understand, like you said, and just not care that they know that they have fallen prey that Trump is doing this to them. Well, I, but I don't know. They just don't care. Well, well, you want to do that to your naysayers and competitors, but you also want to guard against having it being done to you. Here's a perfect example. I was sitting making a sale one time as I, you know, that, you know, that's where I came from, over the kitchen table sales. So I'm sitting in front of some folks, first time I'm out pitching, and of course, I, and, and I'm the first estimate they're getting, which is always, if you're in the contracting business, being the first estimate is the absolute worst place to be, right? So I'm sitting there, I'm sitting, and we're talking, so well, we're getting some other estimates, and I said, okay, that's cool. And I said, who are you getting estimates from? And they said, Duma Fledgy Company, and, and it was it was actually, it was a Sears. It was a real incident. Oh, really? And I Ooh. said, uh, I said, oh, okay. And they said, yeah, yeah, I know. You're going to tell me that they're horrible. And they, I said, no, 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 not at all, actually. To be honest with you, I don't know the contractor who does Sears work in this area, so I, I can't make any comment about their level of business. I said, I don't know the, the contractor in this area. I know, you know, contractors in different areas who work with Sears, but I know the contractor in that area who worked with Sears. I said, but what I can tell you is that because they work with Sears and they're a national company, that their price is going to be much higher than ours. And the guy said, oh, okay, okay. And he looked at his wife and said, well, do you want to do it? And she said, yeah, let's do it. And they signed the contract. First guy in the door walked out with the contract. That's almost unheard of. If I would have allowed myself, as we call it at the shop, if I'd allowed myself to run around motherfucker and she- Sears because I didn't like them or because they beat us out on some business or because they, you know, occasionally got business that, I, that we were bidding against each other on, that guy would have never signed that contract. I'm convinced that the reason that he signed the contract, he and his wife signed the contract, was because, I mean, number one, they believed me and they liked the company and they liked the presentation and they liked the service. All that stuff is, all that stuff has to 
and said. Uh, they, it was within their budget. They won't pay the price, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm convinced that the reasons I didn't do it is because I didn't lose my mind and be irrational about my competition. Now, if you can get your competition to irrationally talk to their prospects about you, that was where I gained the sale because I wasn't irrational about it. Does that make sense? Of course. Not only does it make sense, it makes dollars which is the whole point of the lessons learned from Donald Trump podcast. And, you know, I mentioned the word persuasion, and it brings to mind a book that every business owner ought to read several times and just know it straight, the six main areas of it. It's Robert Cialdini's classic book on persuasion. And so he talks in there about that the two purposes, like I just mentioned, of learning these techniques and tactics so that, number one, you can use them on others, and number two, you can guard against when they're being used on you. And so you see these deranged anti-Trumpers all over the place from uh, Alec Baldwin and Robert De Niro. And, and earlier you saw it with Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio. And, you know, he just turns all of his opponents to a pile of mush if they allow it. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is a walking gaggle of gaffes these days. Like she can't help herself <laughs> stumbling over herself to say something negative no matter how positive the news is. I mean, uh, you know, man lands on moon, she'd say, yeah, well, uh, you know, I don't know, that means we missed Mars by a million right. miles. She has well, to, you know, that's two less people we have here contributing to society in the U.S. for a week. I mean, she'd come up with some kind of negative statement about everything. That's clearly, again, Trump derangement syndrome. That's the lesson learned from Donald Trump this week, dear listener, is that, make no mistake, that's not some byproduct, that's not just it happened to be, that is absolutely carefully orchestrated, he's been doing it his whole life, by Donald Trump. It's funny that you mentioned Cialdini's book, uh, which is, by the way, it's called Influence. Sitting Influence. Desk, I call it persuasion. It's called Influence. Yes, Influence. If I sit at my desk and look to the left, that's where I keep all my dictionaries and all the books that I reference while I'm writing. So if I go across from left to right on that bookshelf, I have The Copywriter's Handbook by Bob Bly, Yes by Robert Cialdini, The Clear and Simple Thesaurus Dictionary, and Influence by Robert Cialdini. Just to give you a feeling what a professional copywriter thinks of that book recommendation, dear listener. Yes, even though I recommended some other book that I have no idea if it even exists or who the author would be. There might be a book called Persuasion that's not what we're talking about. But anyway. Well, and yeah, so, Cialdini's you know, and, and Cialdini, who is a professor right here in Arizona, could write another book all just about the influence secrets of Donald Trump. I mean, he could, he, you know, he could write an entire book about how Donald Trump uses those tactics, those strategies to become a billionaire and then become number one TV show and then to become the president of the United States and then to become a world leader. I even saw a deranged pundit on one of the TV channels. It was awesome. I mean, it was amazing to me. He asked the question, has American exceptionalism gone away in the era of Trump? <laughs> I'm like, holy derangement. I no, mean, it's the exact op Trump is about the exact, everything he does is about the exact opposite. But this exactly. guy in his own deranged mind, because I'm trying to figure out what the heck his deranged mind really means and what he's saying. And I'm, I think what he means is that by getting out of the ridiculously stupid and wasteful and meaningless Paris Accord and getting out of TPP and getting out of the G7 trade agreements and whatever, that somehow the anti-Trumpers think that he's abdicating lead American leadership by getting out of the things. But by definition, that is leadership. The right. number one right. most powerful military, most powerful economy in the world, in other words, the leading country in the world by far, is the first one to get out of these things. That's 
actual leadership. That's not abdicating. Abdicating leadership is what America did for the past eight years, which was just go along with everybody else and, and say there is no American exceptionalism. We're just, we're with you, everybody. One big globalism, happy family. That's all good if you're in last place. If you're a sports team and you're in last place, I guess you would love if they said this year, we're just going to draw straws for who gets the Super Bowl. Right. Everyone's equal. <laughs> And there you go, and whoever, you know, I don't know if, if the listeners know, and it's a little off topic, but the NFL is even so careful about who gets to be even playing on national TV games. Only the top teams get to play on Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday night football, oh, sure. Thanksgiving Day. That's done specifically only the top teams, or if you suck but you're in a big market, you can get on there. Right. But it's all merit-based because it's the real world. These anti-Trumpers and the globalists want to claim that somehow Trump is the opposite of what he is, that American exceptionalism, I couldn't believe it, American exceptionalism has gone away in the era of Donald Trump. If that, if that isn't a clear indication that you need to get to the nearest clinic and let them know, I need a prescription for Trump derangement syndrome, and in fact, not even a prescription, I need an IV now. Get this into my veins because my head is exploding. So completely off topic, well, not completely off topic, but it is on a tangent, but I wanted to tell it about Cialdini. Uh, Professor Cialdini wrote, Dr. Cialdini actually wrote Influence. But said, if you read the book, he wrote it specifically to tell people what influential people do, so what salesmen do and what businesses do, in order to influence them. So he, his, his purpose was to arm the average person against these influence tools. Right. What happened is all the marketers read the book, and none of the general public read the book. So the marketers got even better. So then the next, he wrote, yes, which is 50 scientifically proven ways to be persuasive. So what he did is he just threw up his arms and said, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, that goes to uh, people might know I'm the founder of the WOW strategy, and that goes to the first W, the WOW strategy, the who. He, he realized yeah, exactly. no matter who he thinks or wants to be his target audience, he realized who his target audience is, and so he wrote the second book, and when he gives talks, he is, you're right, he's not asked to talk at the PTA or the Community Association. He's asked to talk at marketing events and business events. Exactly. Exactly. So he understands that, and he probably looks around the kids in his class and knows that the kids five years later, ten years later, were business owners and salespeople and marketing people. And so he realizes who his target audience is. Another lesson for another day. But to get back to the point, I told you in two directions, just like Cialdini did in his book Influence, there's the two directions of learning what Trump is doing to cause Trump derangement syndrome. Number one, so you can cause it in others. And number two, so you can guard against it being caused in you. And we have an advanced tip of the week, as we always do. All you got to do is go to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com, and you'll get the advanced tip, which we will help give you concrete ways in order to use this strategy Donald Trump uses to cause complete derangement in your competitors to knock them way off their game, make them so ugly and unattractive to people that they actually repel people that they think they're trying to attract, like you see De Niro and Alec Baldwin and the rest of them doing. They think they were they, they really think they're attracting support for their cause and they're actually repelling everybody and causing like you said of course as with everything it's great for Donald Trump they're causing pretty much not single-handedly but thanks to people like De Niro Trump his rating his personal whatever they call it his likability rating, rating continues to rise his approval rating continues to rise he gets closer and closer to being a lock for re-election and you're right Everett Trump is doing the two things number one he's engaged his base and his supporters to support him 
and he's causing his detractors to appear completely deranged. Both of those help him to get what he wants. And dear listener, we hope you do the same.